0: John Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, welcome to another podcast, episode 226, recorded this week on a Monday, right after uh, all the sporting um, games. How are you, gentlemen?
1: Jeez, you jump straight to that, Tommy, after the
0: Tigers have a <laughs> win. You, you don't mess around, do you? Well, like John, that. let's face it, you get the back page of the Telegraph, you've got the Tigers on there. you, you know on box we're, we're alive and, and all roads lead to Leichhardt Oval, I must say for the first time this year for me, on uh, Sunday at uh, two o'clock to play the Sharks and uh, the winner goes through. I know that the two teams that you support and the one that you're on the board, John, the Rabbitohs, they're, uh, they're set. Uh, are you Is South Sydney top four? Have they made the top four or have they got a win on the weekend? Uh,
1: I, th- uh, I think they have to beat the Roosters this weekend. To finish third, I think that might be where it's at, Troy. But I think uh, it was a rare weekend for all three of our teams to win—not not necessarily that rare—but all three won on the weekend. Tom, we're, we're be... pretty used
2: to it. The Roosters must be pretty used to winning now.
1: Tom, Tommy, I watched the I watched the Cronulla game. I reckon when you go to the Tigers, it must be like when you arrive, it's like Scott Morrison arriving at Shark Park there. The, <laughs> the crowd, all the, heads,
0: all the heads swivel, all the local real estate glitterati swivels, <laughs> Tom Panos has arrived beating the Esky. Well, John, as a matter of fact, the reason why I brought this up is I've been trying to get a ticket today because two years ago, <laughs> the Tigers played the Sharks at Leichhardt yeah. Oval. It was the last round... Um, of the season and that game was still alive. The Tigers needed to win. And I remember rocking up, because I only live about 10 mi- minutes from like Hart Oval. And I remember rocking up and they said, it's sold out. And, they, and, I, and I, <laughs> I said, are you saying I can't come in and watch my team? They said, sorry, sir, you should have gone to Ticketek. Uh, <laughs> um, but we're, we're, we're fine for this weekend. And um, um, John, I presume you're in Queensland doing real estate coaching and training. Yeah, we've got, um,
1: in fact, Troy's joining me tomorrow with Bowie, and uh, we've got next three days, basically, Sunshine Coast, Gold Coast, Brisbane, catching up with some of our teams here, so so that'll be fun, I've just I actually arrived here a day ahead with the other guys, because I had a few meetings, so it's all good, so I'm in God's country up here at South East Queensland.
0: Okay. Well, I look, I'm going to be on the Sunshine Coast Wednesday and Brisbane on Thursday. And I think I'll see some of the McGrath people on Thursday for Newscorp corp slash realestate.com stuff. And um, I want to really move on to today's topic because I thought, you know, there's a lot more listings on the market now than there was a few months ago. And some of the real estate agents sometimes get, you know, a little bit complacent or the law of familiarity comes in and they sort of drop a notch a little bit on, you know, how they're running their open for inspections. And I thought this would be a, a good topic. How to maximise open for inspections? And in particular, how do you run a good open? How do you prepare for a good open? And what does world-class look like for open for inspections? I think it's a great topic,
1: Tommy, because by now the majority of the Australian market would be utilising to some degree the very, um, open for inspections, whether it's with an auction or a private treaty, it's still a very very popular way of, uh, of showing property. And I think it's it's it suits the buyers as well as the sellers, as well as the agents in many ways. But I agree with you. I think I think the benefit of open home inspections, there's a bit of complacency has crept in, which will be for another podcast, in terms of uh, private viewings. I think too many agents now rely too much on open homes, but we'll focus on open homes today. Uh, um, and, and I made a couple of notes because Troy tipped me off that this was a subject you wanted to dwell on today and, and it's a, one of my favorites because it was certainly one of the best sources of not just selling property but listing property so there's a few things I just jotted down I'll start and then Troy will chime in with some words of wisdom no doubt but I think the, the key thing for me it's like anything Tom it's around preparation is really key and, and I do feel that a lot a lot of agents still kind of you know wing it and they run in on a Saturday morning and grab their keys I used to prepare for my opens from Friday morning Making sure every single thing in the kit was there, and I'd make sure that you know the home was prepared. If we need to get flowers and all the other things to make sure. So I think, like most things in life, preparation is is really critical. And I think that uh, the preparation of the physical nature, uh, the mental nature, and of course, you know, Friday night precedes Saturday morning opens, which is when most people do their open homes and. Yeah, you know, I think there's still probably a few agents that think Friday night's a great time to um, uh, loosen your tie or your or, you know let your hair down and and uh, and go out there and have some fun. And I think that yeah, you know, I, I was always very much a believer that you had to be very focused uh, from Friday morning for your opens for Saturday. So I think early to bed Friday night. I think uh, full preparation before you leave Friday night. You need to have everything ready and um, i'll let troy chime in but then i'll talk a little bit about the experience at the open
2: yeah i couldn't agree more john um, preparing on a friday morning is always a great way to make sure that whatever may happen on saturday at the open for inspections every team member is armed with the correct information so that if a buyer walks in and asks any questions obviously we can respond to them confidently and consistently across the group i always think when you go into an open for inspection the normal questions that come up they're quite common how big is the land size can i put a pool in the backyard can i do these types of things Uh, and so many times we fall into the trap of we don't know the answer to them or we go into the part of we'll get back to you knowing full well that sometimes those things slip through the cracks so the better preparation you can have on a Friday actually sets you up for a really successful Saturday. The second part, John and Tom, is actually getting up early on a Saturday morning and putting out those directional or pointer boards around the grounds to help buyers actually find the property. Um, You know, having the auction flag out, having the open for inspection flag out, but having those identifying boards and signs around your local area, again, is a professional standard that I know many successful agents are doing around Australia right now.
1: Okay, yeah, I that's,
2: think that's,
1: that's, that's really good, good Yeah, really, really good point. And of course, um, one can also say not only does it help buyers find the property, but it continually helps to keep you as an agent or a brand in front of the, the buyers' minds.
0: So, uh, yeah, there are a couple of things. Tommy, so, I mean, you want
1: us to move through to you know the experience? Yeah, the
0: yeah, door? yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, and I'd like to dig deep. Like, should you be standing at the front door? Should you have a second person there? If you can't have a second person there, what's the best way to sort of uh, communicate with people there? I'd love mm. to touch on those subjects.
1: So a couple of things, I think. Um, I used to park up the road and I used to have my assistant park up the road if possible because I always believed if there were two extra car spaces. I'd rather the customers get easy access than me. So I think um, you know it's important to be thinking customer-centric all the time. So definitely did that. Um, you know, five minutes minimum prior to the viewing, to get there, because every property needs a few little final tweaks before you open it up, and you know, they shouldn't be done in front of the customers or while their buyers walking through. So I think you know you need to make sure either yourself or your assistant. And some some agents nowadays, especially the busier and more successful ones, they have people that are sort of running ahead, just getting everything ready. So when you arrive, it's all done for you. So I'm a great believer in perhaps on a Saturday having a driver, someone that can help you out, or someone that can go ahead and just make sure everything's set for you. So. You know, as we've always said, you know, if agents were surgeons, we wouldn't be cleaning the utensils before and after, we'd be, um, or the, the equipment. You know, we're, we're there to do the important activities. So, um, yeah, those were some of the things that I did. Um, definitely had, I found that until the buyer meets someone who can greet them, take their name, give them a brochure, they're kind of on the lookout. So, I used to have you know, my assistant right out the front, um, you know, greeting them with a big smile as they arrive giving them the information and, and seeing them through the property. So that allowed me as the agent to be kind of flexible, roaming in the home, you know, answering, showing people things, pointing stuff out. And I think agents that like taking names at the door and, and that's the, their job as well. And it's very hard to be on the job selling the property when you're actually doing those other things. So that was important. Another little tip, Tom, for, for agents listening is, I always used to bring the names of not just the interested buyers, but everyone that had seen the property previously, including neighbours, anyone that had been through, because if someone was coming for a repeat visit, and let's face it, we often meet thousands of people in our industry in a given year. I always wanted to give myself the best chance of remembering who they were rather than asking their name again. So I'd often see them parking their car or walking up the street, and I'd just quickly flick through my previous couple of weeks open for inspections, just to give me a quick reminder as to who was arriving. Cause I think there's nothing like greeting someone with their name, if you can do that. So, um, always used to do that. And then of course, once you're in the home, the experience is critical. I mean, it's really like setting up for a function. It's, it's light, it's music, it's curtains drawn, it's toilet lids down. It's, you know, nothing on the floors and it's the right music um, settings on. So, um, I think that it's really, it's, it's like a photo shoot. It's got to be styled
0: and it's got to really, you've got to maximise the experience of
1: the do buyer's let, there.
0: Do you let, do you, do you, and I know that the answer is different on whether there's a large group of people in the house or whether there's a small group of people on the house. Um, but do you, did you find that you walk through the property with them or was it, you know, let them do it at their pace? Yeah, it's a good question. Generally, at their pace. So what
1: I tried to do, Tom, was have two or three things up my sleeve that I could start the conversation or direct them on, which were not always obvious. So I might say, um, Tom, just to let you know, there's a DA approval for, a, for an attic in the second story. When you get up there, if you like, I can pop up and show you where that would be. Um, but you can do that. And, and I'll try and add something which was not going to be obvious. But I found that people liked being able to wander through the open home for themselves. Now, you would sometimes intuit that someone needed a little bit of guidance or or they were sort of asking you a lot of questions on the way in. And and often I'd say, look, why don't I take you through and I'll kind of talk you through some of these things as we go. But uh, in general, I would let them um, sort of go through at their own pace. But I'd always be, it's a bit like a waiter in a restaurant. I think you've always got to be on the lookout for someone that's kind of, you know, glances across to ask you a question or looks like they're they're, um, not quite sure about something. So I was always trying to intuit someone that did actually want my help. And then I think yeah. You know, Troy said before about having everything you need there and all the collateral ready. A few things I think buyers want. Firstly, they want direct straight answers. And so I wouldn't be one of these agents that says, well, we don't know what it's going to sell for. It's early days. We need to find out. We're waiting for feedback because you need to give people some guidance. They just don't have the patience and the time to sit there and, and try and interpret your sort of uh, jibber jabber. So, I think it's important to say to them, look, the last three homes in the street sold between 780 and 840. We think that this home is certainly in that range, if not a little bit better. But I've, I've prepared this list for you. So, And I would give them a list of comparable sales. That was one of my sort of must-have standards. So I would have the list of comparable sales that i would taken the vendor through and I'd replicate it and present it nicely. I'd have that there. Troy talked about information and fact sheets or perhaps even frequently asked questions about that specific property. Um, you know, one of the local school catchment areas, um, you know, how many minutes walk to the local train uh, station, how many minutes commute from the local train into the city. So again, some of the things that are practical in nature and really relevant to the buyers and obviously school catchment, schools, pets, kids, commuting to train, these are the practical day to day things that people really would like to get a, a handle on. So I, I would have those, a friend of mine went to one recently and it had a, it had a big backyard and they had a, a sewage diagram so it could show you where you could put a pool in the back garden or give you some sort of guidance on that sort of thing. So I think there will be some properties that have some specific um, needs or information relevant to them. Uh, pest and building reports can be good if you've got one for the property that you're able to legally hand out, strata reports. So I, I would come armed with as much as you can to give to the customer there and then or perhaps even reference with them if there's any plans for extensions that have been approved beforehand those sort of things Yeah, it's really important to be uh, well educated yourself and of course be able to quickly bring them up to speed Troy what are your thoughts
2: Yeah, a couple of quick things that I'd add to that, John, is obviously making sure the team is leaving a great first impression. And Tom, you mentioned having uh, two people. I love having two people uh, at every open for inspection. Someone that's really that ball of energy greeting people as they walk into the home, Um, meeting them with a smile, like John said, shaking their hand, giving them information getting their details to allow them then to wander through the home. Um, Having someone inside to ask any questions if they need, like the waiter that John mentioned. The second one is, you know, really setting up that table um, in the kitchen area or the dining space where people can get access to information that sometimes when they walk away from the property, they'll forget or it won't be on the traditional advertising material. Um, Things like, uh, brochures, display contract, property information sheet. John, I know that uh, when we were working together way, way, way back in the day, we used to love getting um, the owners of each property to write what they love about the home. And it was almost a letter from the owner saying that they loved the, the fact that there was lorikeets in the backyard on a Sunday morning, or it was a great space to just sit and read a book in the sunroom because it got the westerly sun. So those little details that people don't necessarily get a um, an experience of within half an hour or 45 minutes at it open for inspection. That was a really nice way of really getting them emotionally attached. Um, Other things like stamp duty information, candles on, speakers on, um, music on, those types of information really allows buyers to get everything they need from the property and walk away with uh, valuable insights about whether they want to proceed with it or not. I think the next part is thanking them for attending the open for inspection is really powerful. So, whoever's standing at that front door, not only are they the director of the first impressions, they're also the last impression that people get when they leave that property. So, thanking them and saying, you know, the follow up or setting up the expectations of follow up when you'll be calling them and what questions you'll be asking. It's actually a really, really good way to get a litmus test on how people think the property is positioned, both price and aspect and the way it's been um, advertised. Um, then finally, the last one, if someone does request a contract, what's your follow-up strategy? So all these little touch points, they're not so much about the uh, the feeling, they're more about the process, but I think you can add that element of creating a great impression every step of the way at an open for inspection by just doing those little things along the way.
1: Yeah, okay. I, I think Tom, we've cut, touched on lots of little details there. So if someone sort of has listened to this and likes some of it, go back through it and almost create a checklist. Because I think if you did all of the things, and we certainly tried, Troy, when you, you and I were working closely together to do each and every one of these things. But, Tom, if you could consistently do all of those things and have them all available and have the experiences available, I mean, it's going to be a world-class open for inspection. And I used to find that 20 to 25% of the people coming to open homes we're also in the, in the process of considering selling if not getting prepared to sell. So uh, it, it's a great way to showcase, you know, how you go about your business, how well you connect with people, how well you sell the the, the home you're in. So yeah, very important um, time.
2: And then the final one, Tom, before we move on is just, and John, the, the dialogue you have with the buyers, I think is incredibly important. Um, knowing that it's not just generic, language or fluff talk about the weather Uh, it's almost like the ASOP style of communication understanding how they're progressing or where they're at in their search for property or whether they've just started in the market. I think it's a really important part because you only get a small amount of time to actually interact with buyers. If you've got 10 plus people attending the open for inspection, if you've got lesser numbers than that, you can normally have a bit more of a a valuable uh, conversation with them. But I think you need to have that dialogue that really they get a sense that you're there to help them, uh, have that customer centric hat on and not just be the person to say, this is the price guide, this is the floor plan, goes to auction in four weeks, you need the contract kind of thing.
0: Yeah. yeah. I remember interviewing um, uh, Will Phillips uh, from Breswick Whitney um, mm. about open for inspections in the real estate gym and he said, a simple question like, are you buying or browsing today? Opened up a conversation that allowed you to get information that when you did your callbacks, whether you did them on a Saturday afternoon or whether you did them on a Monday, Allowed you to sort of already have a bit of context um, on the person you're calling because a lot of the time, guys, you you know, a lot of times people are calling twenty or thirty people back on on a property, and um, the fact that you've been able to work out who's who by asking a few questions um, on that Saturday or Sunday, if you're doing Sunday opens, um, mm. Will Phillips said to me was extremely useful.
1: Yeah, and you just mentioned Sunday Opens there, Tom, and I'm a great believer in Sunday Opens. I'm not a great believer in agents working seven days, by the way, but I think that nowadays there's so much young talent trying to get into the industry, looking to to team up with really good quality agents who would probably love to earn some extra money doing Sunday work and uh, you know, sort of being a shower, professional shower, um, associate, if you will, for agents by doing it because – that is a great point of difference in most markets and, and so many people nowadays with kids and school sport and so many activities trying to get around on a Saturday, they, they either can't make the open or they're rushed when they make the open. And we've found terrific success when our agents are doing Sunday opens with people coming back for a second look that saw it the day before and they bring their friends and family. Um, sometimes people couldn't get there the day before and then they end up taking a contract and buying it. So I, I would encourage everyone to try and create a system where you can do your opens on a saturday and a sunday look just trial it for 90 days don't trial it for two or three weeks trial it for 90 days because if you can offer it it
0: is a great customer service initiative in in almost every market oh john i'm look and it's it's a it's a sensitive subject with agents because every time i sort of bring up the subject I get a bit of resistance from agents saying, time you don't realize we're hustling and you know grinding away six days a week if I lost my Sundays you know I think what's the point but you know one of the issues that I can't help but notice is that sometimes during the week people are you know doing a lot of hard work on low return investment activities for instance they'll go off and they'll do you know a lot of prospecting that is um, not warm prospecting cold prospecting and I just know that on a Sunday, I know from the people that live in my neighborhood that people that have got a passive interest in real estate are most likely going to interact with an agent at an open home on a Sunday than um, having an agent knock on their door on a Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday looking for business. I think it's it's a great brand awareness tool and it's a great prospecting tool, but more importantly, it's a fantastic tool for the busy consumer of 2019 that is blending in Saturday sport for their kids and working hard Monday to Friday. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and, and households are almost always dual income nowadays, so there's very little time to, to often get to the midweek opens and even, as you say, Saturdays, sometimes if you've got two or three kids, you know, you really become a taxi driver on a Saturday shuffling everyone around from one place to the next. So I do think you do create opportunities. So look, there's probably 15 or 20 little tips and ideas embedded in that podcast. So I'd really encourage everyone that felt it kind of would be useful, go back through it and just list out all of the things, then put them into a system and try them all. They all work. They yeah. almost all work everywhere for everyone. So I think it's just you know part of your playbook. And let us know. I mean, maybe they could email into you, Tom, um, if they uh, if they have some other great ideas, things that are working, we can share them next week on the podcast as well.
0: Yeah. Look, I had a real estate agent say to me, John and Troy, that one of the things that they've learned is they wouldn't make callbacks on a Monday morning between 9 and 11 because during that time, they'd get phone calls coming in from buyers that had seen property on the weekend wanting to take the next step. And... Mm. Um, and I found that interesting because we're always we're always trained, you know, get on the phones first thing and do your callbacks, right? Um, but um, there's uh, sometimes you've got to be the subject and the scientist and see what uh, works in your area and how it works for you. Anyway, gentlemen, it's a great topic, and I think you've summed that up well, John. Get a checklist, piece of paper, and just say these are the ten or fifteen things that are, you know, non-negotiables in my open for inspection. Uh, Um, uh, strategy for uh, selling property in my area. I look forward to talking to you guys next week and um, have a great week in Queensland. See you guys. See you guys.
2: Thank you.